check your default settings just by way of review for those of you who were here last week and uh, to bring those of you who were not up to speed. Our definition for default setting is a selection made usually automatically or without active consideration. And as I've indicated during this series of messages, I'm asking you specifically to think about your default settings when it comes to several aspects of your spiritual life. Uh, Today, the default setting I'm asking you to check is grow or no. Uh, Just to mix things up a little bit, um, I'm going to start with my conclusion. Uh, And again, doesn't mean when I do my conclusion I'm done, uh, but what I want you to do is I want you to leave here uh, with a simple image in mind. By show of hands, just to make sure I know who I'm dealing with, because I realize I tend to use illustrations that make no sense to some folks because you just have no idea who or what I'm talking about because I'm talking about stuff from 40 years ago or 50 years ago or 60 years ago. So by a show of hands, how many of you have ever ridden a bicycle? Okay, so uh, not recently, but anyway. uh, So this will help, all right? Uh, I I just want you to just kind of soak that in for just a moment. Um, Now, in my experience, like I suspect for many of you, uh, a part of learning to ride the bicycle was how quick could I get rid of the training wheels, all right? Because when you get rid of the training wheels, then, you know, you've moved up a step. You're you're closer to being a grown-up. So what I'm about to say makes the assumption uh, that in our spiritual lives, uh, our goal is to ride the bike and get rid of the training wheels. In some ways, as you look at that image, in some ways, spiritual growth is like riding a bicycle. If you're coasting, you're either losing momentum or you're going downhill. Now, coasting's okay for a short period. As you can see, that gal's having a lot of fun coasting. But if she doesn't have training wheels... And if she coasts too long, she's going to end up like the other gal. It's that simple. Unless unless you've got really, really, really good balance or really, really, really wide tires, eventually, if you're coasting, you're going to tip over. It's just part of the world we live in. So my question today, and I will repeat this over and over and over again, The question is, is intentionally investing in personal spiritual growth my default setting? In other words, if I'm living, if I'm breathing, if I'm going through the paces of my normal routine, I will be doing something or some things to invest in personal spiritual growth. So is that your default setting? And now the question that you already know is coming, if not, why not? It's a fair question. And again, I I would never attempt to list all the reasons. But I think quickly of, I'm just too busy. I really never thought about it. I'm basically a good person. I don't know how. Or to be honest, I mean, if, if we were pushed, if somebody backed us into a corner, some of us would have to say, well, you know, I'm pretty content with where I'm at spiritually. But if we're coasting, we're losing momentum. 
at best. Think about it for a moment. What do you do intentionally and consistently to make sure that you're experiencing growth in your personal spiritual life? Last week I talked about the default setting of go or no. Regular participation in some type of corporate worship and learning experience. So let's start there. If regular church attendance or turning on the TV or tuning into a podcast and listening to someone teach or preach is part of your default setting for spiritual growth, who's your favorite preacher or teacher? Help me out here. Robert Morris. Somebody else? What's that? Stephen Furtick. All right. Who else? What's that? Francis Chan. Pastor Steve. Who said that? Who said that? Cheryl said that? Yeah, yeah. No coincidence that I signed your paychecks. But anyway, I... by show of hands, who thinks Cheryl needs to get out more? <laughs> All right. Anybody else? I, I, I know you've got, hopefully you've got lots of them. You know, for me, I went back in time. I, I thought about Bill Hybels. Um, whether you like the... The, the Willow Creek style, he's an incredibly gifted and challenging communicator. I thought about Kevin Myers from 12 Stone. Again, some of you have been exposed to his stuff. I went way back to the dark days and thought about John Maxwell, somebody who, who really influenced me as I was developing. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb because I think all of those, including Pastor Steve, including Stephen Furtick and Francis Chan and Robert Morris, I think they all have something in common. I'm very confident that not one of them would say that their teaching in and of itself is enough for you to experience consistent, sustained spiritual growth. Sitting under good preaching or teaching, whether it is live or whether it is through some form of media, is, can be, should be an important part of the plan. But it is never, ever intended to be the entire plan. It's just not that easy. So I come back to the question again. Is intentionally investing in personal spiritual growth, my default setting. If not, why not? Is there an intentionality with regard to things like prayer, both personal and corporate prayer, Bible reading, Bible study, worship, personal and corporate, service, some type of daily, regular devotional activity, other reading or listening, is that part of your plan? There are some passages of Scripture that, that speak to this, and, and we're just going to kind of slowly walk through them with a, with a limited amount of commentary as they talk about this. <clears throat> the first one, uh, and again, uh, not by design, but I, I think it is by divine design. Um, I'm going to share something from Peter, you know, the rock. I'm going to share something from Paul who the prolific church planter who shaped much of Christian doctrinal perspective. And I'm going to share something from the author of Hebrews. 
First Peter uh, chapter three, or excuse me, chapter two. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and every and slander of every kind. Now, again, I, I'm starting there. It's kind of a kind of a powder puff there because who's going to be against that? All right. No, uh, we're all there. So, so we understand that a part of my spiritual growth needs to involve a willingness to rid myself of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Then he goes on. He says, like newborn babes or babies crave pure spiritual milk so that you may grow up in your salvation. So, again, there's a lot there. And, and just soak it in for just a moment. Like newborn babes just starting out were to crave Stuff that's good for us. I mean, and, and think about it. Think for just a moment. By show of hands, is there anybody here who doesn't crave something? All right. So think about what you crave. Attention, love, support, affirmation. I see my friend Linda, potato chips. Uh, that's about me. That's not about Linda. All right. I've talked to you before about how I struggle with potato chips. And when Linda texts me, I have a picture of Linda that shows up eating potato chips. And I'm immediately overwhelmed with craving. All right? Thank you very much, Linda. All right. But, but so what do you crave? He tells us that one of the things that we are to crave, like newborn babes, we are to crave pure spiritual milk. So again, pure, it's good, it's great, it's good for us. Spiritual milk. Something that, that sustains us, something that builds us up. But the purpose for that is not just for the milk. It's so that we may grow up in our salvation. It's so that we grow up as babies, but we don't stay babies. All right? Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. So, so if we have a taste and we think it's good, and we begin to cultivate that craving, again, if you crave something, you just want more and more and more and more. Getting up in my business a little bit here. Do I, do I really crave that spiritual milk to where I just can't get enough of it? But, I mean, if we've tasted that, that it's good, it, it makes sense that, that we want more. And he goes on, as you come to him, the living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him. So again, just talking about the connectivity that we have. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable, through, acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So again, you and I are to be like spiritual stones that are being built up. To me, that speaks of that continual growth process into something that is strong and powerful and is holy and acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So again, is intentional spiritual growth my default setting? And then Peter, I skipped a couple of verses, and, but 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 is one many of us know, but it says, But you, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Wow. 
it's hard for me to fathom that as a baby, I can realize that call. It's something I need to be intentionally developing and growing into. But that's his vision for us. And I'm going to come back to that um, before I pray at the end. But you, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. The passage I chose from Paul, many of you were here ahead of me already, but in, in the 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul writes, Brothers and sisters, I cannot address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. Paul knew the Corinthian people. He had spent time with them. He had cast vision for them. He would encouraged them towards spiritual growth. And then he began to get reports back about what was going on in, in Corinth. And he wrote them this letter. Can you imagine having somebody who loved you, who cared for you, who was deeply invested in your spiritual life, write you a letter and say, Man, I love you. I wish I could talk to you like a person who is full and empowered by the Holy Spirit, growing in all areas of your spiritual life. But instead, I've got to address you as somebody who's really very worldly, who's not making good choices, who is at best uh, just an infant in Christ. I left you thinking you were going to grow and you were going to mature, and I, I look back and it's not happening. Verse 2. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. In other words, when I was there, you were here, and I gave you what was appropriate for here with a vision that you were going to change. And eventually you'd be ready for solid food. But as I look back, I, you're just not there. You're still not ready. You weren't ready then. I've been away. You're still not ready. You're still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, you are not. Are you? Are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? Paul said, I, I, "I envisioned so much more for you." Is intentionally investing in personal spiritual growth my default setting? Am I content to coast along, resting secure in my training wheels? Am I content to just kind of stay in diapers and drink milk? Or am I doing something, anything, to move forward? Then the author of Hebrews, chapter 5, verse 11, in many translations this is subtitled, Warning Against Falling Away. Now, again, as a Christ follower... If somebody that I care for and respect issues a warning about falling away, I think maybe I ought to pay attention. The author of Hebrew puts it this way. We have much to say about this, but it's hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In other words, you're satisfied with milk. You don't even try anymore. 
in fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, that, that growth process from, from a baby to an infant to a child who's learning to growing and maturing to the point that now you begin to teach others. That's the vision. And he says, but in fact, by, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word all over again. Do you get it? He says, we got, we got to go back to basics again. Again. You need milk, not solid food. Now, now friends... Wherever you're at on your spiritual pilgrimage, from time to time, it would behoove you to ask the question, am I eating any solid food? Depending on where I'm at at the journey, that may mean something very different to each and every one of us. But it's a question that we need to ask. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. In other words, if you're getting it, you need to be doing something. There needs to be an intentional investment in spiritual development. But solid food is for the mature. and Just soak that up, folks. Solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. You get that? How do you get good at something? Practice. Constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. I just want to clarify. Because of my profession, sometimes my perspective is a little bit different. And I'm, when I'm with others who are of the same profession, uh, we tend to have similar perspectives on some issues. And, and when I read that, I'm reminded one of the most common reasons those of us like me receive for people choosing to leave one church to attend another church is they just weren't growing. They weren't being fed. Now, friends, as we already touched on, there are a plethora of really good preachers and teachers. That's not to say everybody who preaches and teaches is really good. All right? We're all on a continuum somewhere out there. But when I read this verse, solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. I wrestle a bit when we suggest it's the church's fault because we're not growing. Does the church have a role to play? You bet. Do I have a responsibility to do my best to bring quality content? You bet. 
as does anyone else who steps into a pulpit or up to a podium or leads a Bible study. But ultimately, it comes back to us. And, and to me, the beauty of that is the last phrase. If I begin to consume solid food, if I continually use what I'm learning, and I train myself, every person here has the capacity to distinguish good from evil. And folks, if you don't need that, I'd love to have a conversation and find out your secret, because I need help in understanding good from evil on a consistent basis. Some things are the obvious ones, but there's a lot of other stuff. So I come back. Is intentionally investing in spiritual growth my default setting? If not, why not? Based upon the Bible passages that we just read, I encourage you to ask yourself two questions about your spiritual growth plan. Notice what I did there. I know sometimes I'm subtle and it sneaks up on you. The question is, Two questions about your spiritual growth plan. I'm making the assumption you got a plan. So if you don't, oh, all right. Intentional. But, but two questions for you. Do I have the will? Do I have the will to grow spiritually? And then the second one is, can I find a way? Having the will does not guarantee that I can find a way. But I will never find a way if I do not have the will. That might be worth taking out your cell phones and taking a picture of that. Because that's how I take notes anymore. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a moment. But, but friends... First of all, you have to agree that spiritual growth needs to be happening. Then you need to say, what can I do to make it happen? And the answer to that, and that's, that's the easy one, because there are so many possibilities. Is intentionally investing... Somebody just turned their phone on. Sorry. Uh, is intentionally investing in spiritual growth my default setting? If not, do you have the will? Are you ready to say, you know what, I kind of have been coasting. I don't like to think that I've been going downhill or losing momentum. But yeah, maybe it's time for me to think a little bit and stop coasting. Friends, this could be an entire series, probably as long as the series on James. But I'm just going to throw out some rapid-fire thoughts. This is not going to be up there, so you just need to listen. The first step, not the first step, I think one possible step is to be accountable to someone. To just speak it. Say, you know what? I, 
I want to be intentional about spiritual growth. In my experience, accountability usually works best if I just tell them what to ask me. Here's where I'm trying to grow. Here's what I'm trying to accomplish. Will you just kind of hold my feet to the fire? Will you touch base with me once in a while and say, hey, did you make it to church this week? You make it to Bible study. How are you doing on your Bible reading plan? Take notes when you listen, if you're not driving. Huh? Select action items. What am I going to do? I, again, I've said this over and over and over and over and over again. But we, we have a great tendency. If we think about church at all when we leave, we leave by saying, what did you think? Was it a good one? Was it a yawner? How was the music? Instead of saying, what are we going to do about what we just heard? Wow. There's a novel concept. Bible reading plan. Have a plan. Cheryl made stuff available at the beginning of the year, the, the through the Bible in a year. There have been years in the past where we, where we made a major emphasis, encouraged everybody to buy the same Bible and do through the Bible in a year. We've not done that in a while. Maybe it would be a good time to come back to it. One year we got so ambitious, some of you are going to groan when I say this. Remember what we tried to do? 90 days. Cover to cover in 90 days. Does that blow your mind a little bit? Friends, it worked out to about 15 minutes a day. Wow. Now, sometimes when we get in a Bible reading plan, we get so busy reading that we don't soak it in. I got my 10 pages today. I'm good. What, what did you read? Uh, all right. But it's great. Uh, some of you are, are use the apps, version. You go on version. you get the app. They got a boatload of different Bible reading plans. They'll even send you an alert. Hey, doofus, have you read your Bible yet today? That's not what mine says. I don't know what yours says to you. But anyway, keep a prayer journal. I mean, we've talked about this, but literally write down what you're praying for. Write down when it's answered. And or find a prayer partner. Somebody who's going to say, hey, uh, we haven't talked this week and prayed. What, what can we pray about? How can we pray together? Engage in a small group on a consistent basis. Ask those you respect for recommendations. What works for you? What's your spiritual growth plan? Imagine if we all ask that question. Uh, ask me next week. I haven't done it yet. What's your spiritual growth? What works for you? When are you growing the most? Are there devotionals that you like? Is there, are there, is there music you listen to? Are there books that you're reading? Are there speakers that you listen to that just really light your fire and charge you up? Sign up to teach or help in the children's or in the youth. Some of you who've been that experience know that usually one of your most rapid growth periods is if you're studying because you're going to have to teach it. Because, <coughs> excuse me, because you don't want to get up there and just say, uh, got nothing for you today. Here's some crayons. All right? Is intentionally investing in personal spiritual growth my default setting? Friends, I said I was going to come back to it. If you're a Christ follower, don't forget how Peter described you. You are a chosen people. 
You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are God's special possession. That you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Friends, I doubt that there's a person here who has not said or thought about the darkness that surrounds us. To realize you have been called to speak about, to speak to that darkness and call it into the wonderful light. I can tell you personally, in my experience, it's really difficult to live up to that calling without spiritual growth. Do I have the will? Can I find a way? Am I coasting? Or am I pedaling? Friends, you know this, but hear this. No one else can provide you with the will. I can talk about this and make you feel uncomfortable. But I can't provide you with the will to pursue spiritual growth. I can't. No one else can choose your way. I can throw out ideas. Bowering plans, prayer journals. I can throw out plans all day, every day. But eventually you have to choose one. You have to choose a way. And what I would tell you, again from personal experience, sometimes I choose a way and it was the wrong one. It's like, that's just not me. In preparation for, some of you know this, but in, in preparation for, for my sabbatical, I've been working with a sabbatical coach, and, and a part of my objective during, during the sabbatical is, is to establish healthy rhythms in all areas of my life. And one of those areas is my devotional practice. And, and he's making suggestions, and he made one, and he was really amped up about it, and it got me amped up about it, and I'm just really struggling with it. I'm not giving up on it. I'm going to dig into it more. But that may not be the way. But it doesn't mean I stop trying. It means I look for a different way. No one can choose your way. And then in keeping with the image there, when it comes to spiritual growth, when it comes to your spiritual growth, there are no tandem bicycles. All right? No one else can pedal your bike. Just you just you. Mama can't, daddy can't, wife can't, husband can't, friends can't, pastor can't. It's up to you. Check your default settings. Is that just naturally a part of your routine? If not, maybe you need to go back Check the box. Make that your default setting and set about making it a reality. Would you pray with me? Father, we sometimes lose sight of the fact that you have a grand vision for each of us individually. And that is that we all start out as spiritual babes 
hopefully craving pure spiritual milk. But your vision is that we grow, that we mature, that we begin to crave solid spiritual food, that we come to the point that it it radiates out from us. It becomes our default setting, our standard operating procedure, pursuing spiritual growth. And as we pursue that maturity, as we grow in righteousness, we begin to use that resource to influence others, to help and encourage those who are, who are behind us in their spiritual growth, helping others to go from spiritual babe to mature, solid foundation, building a house that is honoring to God in everything we do and everything we say easily and readily distinguishing consistently between good and evil. Now that's your calling for us. Help us to choose to embrace that. When it comes to grow or no, help us to say, you know what? My default setting is to grow. And I will be intentional about it. And I will find a way. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.